This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in L.A. And KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara. Or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Didi, how you doing today? You got a, your, your computer's acting up over there, huh? A little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll make it through. I, I always, if, if you just hit it, you know, like the Fonz used to do. What did he used to do? Yeah, He's I know. Tap it, step I wish on that it. Were, yeah, but I want to hit it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> kind of like I bet uh, you do. After space. producing twenty eight <laughs> shows every week, I'm sure you're you're ready to smash that thing. Sometimes. Well, hey, let's get to our special Absolutely. guest right away. Absolutely. Um, she's such a busy, busy lady, and uh, we're, we're so honored and lucky to have her uh, spend a, a few minutes here with us to tell us about um, her new winemaker Wednesdays and Sunday market tastings at the Hollywood Bowl. It is, uh, and the L.A. Philharmonic is a part of this. Cool. So, let me let me give you a little background on this, Dr. D. Complimentary wine tastings featuring artisanal winemakers, sommeliers, and importers at the Hollywood Bowl. The wine and the beer is hand-selected. By James Beard, award winner, Caroline Stein, who is our special guest today. Um, she is the Hollywood Bowl Food and Wine Sommelier, Sommelier and Wine Director. Again, it's Wednesdays and Sundays. It's two hours before the concert, so you want to get there a little bit early in the Plaza Marketplace. Let me tell you a little bit about Caroline Stein, if you don't already know. I want to thank you, Caroline, for all of your hard, hard work, uh, not only running your restaurant empire, but being on the advisory board for the IRC, which is the Independent Restaurant Coalition. Um, Caroline, for those of you that don't know, works relentlessly on helping restaurants across America through the pandemic and through the, the, the last couple of years that have just, you know, almost decimated a lot of, a lot of sadly, a lot of my friends, restaurants and people that we know your neighborhood restaurants around the world, around the country. And um, Caroline has just not only, you know, opened her restaurants, kept her restaurants alive, but she's also really been thinking about, all of restaurants, all of uh, this restaurant family that we that we share. Um, she's created initiatives and she's lobbied Congress uh, members to provide relief for shuttered restaurants at no fault of their own in this hospitality business. But she also lends her name and her time and her restaurants to great ch- charities like Alex's Lemonade, which is changing the lives of children with cancer. And she's the co-founder of the Luke's Group and the James Beard Award-winning wine director, again, for the Hollywood Bowl, food and wine, sommelier, and wine director, Caroline Stein. Welcome, Caroline. Wow. 
<laughs> you make me sound do, far more impressive do, than I am. <laughs> do, no way. Do I tire? I didn't even scratch the surface. Do I tire? Do you get tired hearing about all the things that you do when you hear it out loud? You're like, oh my God, I do all that stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. No, 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 not at all. No. Well, you, sh- you would, if anybody deserves to be tired and, and have a little relaxation and rest and, uh, and just a, 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 again, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Hats off to you and, and, um, so happy all the stuff that you do for all the restaurant owners out there, the small business owners, we just, I really appreciate you and what you do. Oh, thank you. I'm, I feel lucky to have been part of it. I'm thrilled that we were able to be successful at it. Wish we could have been a little more successful at it, but we were able to get a lot of places money that they desperately needed to stay open and thrive and hold on throughout what's continuing to be an interesting time. So, um, yeah. I just want to, you know, the restaurant community needs as much help as possible. So if whatever little bit I can do, I'll do it. Is there anything before we start start talking about the winemaker Wednesdays and Sunday market tastings? Would you, is there anything that you would like to, um, you know, any initiative that you'd like to call attention to for listeners out there that, that you know, we do have a big, a big listener support for restaurants and for your restaurants. Um, what would you like them to know? Where would you like them to help? I think the biggest help that uh, people can do for their local restaurants is to, number one, support them, go to the restaurants, dine out as much as possible, or even t- do takeaway if you're not comfortable dining in a restaurant right now. Um, I think also just having an understanding that um, this is a really tough time for all industries, but with restaurants, you know, all of our costs are up tremendously as well. Our labor costs are up. Our, our ingredient costs are up. Our, our utility costs, everything has gotten more expensive over the last two years, as we all know, with everything, um, fuel costs, et cetera. So, you know, some of that is reflected in the pricing right now. And we need our guests to understand that we don't want to have to raise prices and we want, we want, we, we would love to be able to charge what we did three years ago, but we just can't if we want to stay open. We want to keep mm-hmm. our doors open and pay our employees. So, you know, just to have understanding that we're all in the same boat and we're trying to do what we can to keep our restaurants afloat, keep our employees in their jobs and keep our restaurant community thriving because it's such a major part of our culture and a major part of what makes cities so exciting. I think like this whole outdoor alfresco program that we've had in LA since the p- beginning of the pandemic has really added a lot of life to the city mm-hmm. and excitement and energy um you know on the streets it's just changed the feeling of the city in such a great way so i think just going out and supporting and taking part in that and letting your local legislators know that you support all of that too is incredibly helpful okay Uh, you know you're right food not only is it you know necessary as nourishment but a restaurant these restaurants that we all frequent or we've gone to that had to close or, or we even we all lost out because we had to stay home and we couldn't go out to eat and couldn't go out to restaurants and and seeing each other. I mean, it's a big social. It's a big part of our our, our makeup, our DNA, our chemistry, our uh, happiness comes from this social aspect of gathering around a table or, you know, sharing a, a nice glass of wine with friends after a hard day's work. And speaking of that, you know, you've got the the Vintner Nights, um, the El Los Angeles Philharmonic announcing the return of Winemaker Wednesdays and the Sunday Market Tastings for 2022. Um, they the series began 
uh, on June 26th, on Sunday, June 26th, and it continues now on July 10th um, through when? How long will this go for, Caroline? Um, you know, it goes through the entire the Philharmonic season. Okay. Um, and I think it ends, our, our last tasting is probably in the like beginning of September. Um, it's, we've been doing this for a few years now, and it's been super successful and really fun. And I think an extra added bonus for people to be able to connect with the, the, the people behind the wine and get a deeper sort of understanding of the wine, how they're made, how wines are made, you know, the, the details about particular wines from the people who have made them or, or distribute them or sell them or um, what have you. But uh, it's just been a really nice little interactive thing that we've done. And it's, yeah. um, yeah. All outdoors, um, under the summer skies, at the iconic Hollywood Bowl. Great music. What, what could you know? What more could you ask for? What is your position? I know that you and Suzanne had restaurants at the or or different offerings there. You know, uh, at the wine store. And what are you what are you doing there now at the Hollywood Bowl? What is your well? Yeah, for the last. Um I guess six years uh, we have and continuing on for, I think another five, we are going to be there. Um, we, and be, hopefully beyond that too, <laughs> we'll stay there forever. Yeah. We, we, we basically operate all of the food and wine offerings at the bowl. So we have um, three sit down dining experiences, um, full service. Okay. One is called Anne's wine bar. It's a wine bar. Um, it's, an AOC essentially um, that's right at the entrance to at the mid gate where uh, overlooking the, um, the entrances to the bowl. And it's um, all small plates. It's our menu from AOC and we serve a large variety of wines by the glass. We've got a pretty extensive wine list and we do try to bring in a lot of interesting small production, um, fantastic food-friendly wines. And so we, we have that restaurant there. We have another one called The Backyard, which is an outdoor space that overlooks the theater. And it, um, it it's all based on these two giant outdoor wood-burning grills. And we serve everything in the restaurant is essentially made on those grills. It feels like a big, mm. chic backyard yeah. <laughs> in the Hollywood Hills. Um, and uh, again, we've got an interesting wine, wine selection there as well. Full service, you know, make reservations on open table, arrive, sit down and place your orders. We also have a, uh, an area called the pool circle, which are 140 seats directly in front of the stage. And these are these are um, they're like boxes, but it's a higher end experience for people who subscribe to those boxes year in and year out. And it's called Luke at the circle. So it's a little bit of a oh, nice. of a throwback to our Luke days. And yeah. it's, you know, everything is cooked all there as well. Um, but an elevated dining experience right in front of the stage. We also do food made to order to the 3000 box seats in the garden and terrace areas of the, of the theater. And um, we have a variety of different three course dinners and, um, and a la carte menus and big feasts. Like we have a barbecue in your box or we have a seafood extravaganza. And Suzanne's also created some Moroccan um, tagine, Moroccan tagine, um, Moroccan, ta I can't speak right now. Moroccan <laughs> tagine um, dinners, a, a chicken tagine and a vegetable tagine and comes with a whole meze of appetizers before. And there's full service there too, food and wine. And those dinners you pre-order 
to your box. Then we also Man, have the three marketplaces. <laughs> keep going. We have three marketplaces with prepared foods prepared um, ahead of time uh, to take to your seats, picnic items, snacks, wines, beer. We're all over the place there. You're all over the place everywhere, but you do it all so well. You, uh, you guys execute all of your, your, your uh, different venues, your establishments, your restaurants and bars so well. One of my, my newest favorites is uh, the downtown L.A. proper hotel. I just love sitting up there at your, your rooftop bar and, and also having dinner downstairs. Uh, I've been there probably three or four times in the last month and a half. So that's one of my favorites. But the Hollywood Bowl, man, that sounds amazing. This is the Hollywood Bowl season. In fact, I believe I was looking at my inbox when I was preparing for this interview, and it looks like I missed an invite to the opening night tonight at the Hollywood <laughs> Bowl. <laughs> I wish I could get there. Um, but it's, it sounds great. And to have some great wines, you talked about, you know, you've got really got some celebrated vintners and wine professionals involved in your program. Would you mind mentioning a couple of those for us? Oh, yeah. Happy to. to look forward and again, to so much fun. I love, I love all these winemakers so much and to have them come and be present with our guests and to give them their time to be there is just so amazing. Um, we have Graham Tatomer coming. He is a fantastic winemaker from the central coast and he makes um, Gruner Veltliner and Riesling and Pinot Noir um, really, really high acid, beautiful, elegant wines. We have this woman named Angela Osborne who's coming. Um, she has a wine, a wine called Tribute to Grace, as well as a couple of other labels. She specializes in Grenache, and she makes really elevated, elegant um, Grenache. Really, she's the most lovely woman, and her wines reflect her personality as well. I love the title. Uh, I love a good Grenache, so I, I got to oh, try yeah. that one out. We have um, one of our all-time favorites, Jeff Fisher, who has a winery called Habit. Um, he comes and he's going to pour, I think he's got a Cabernet Franc and he makes Rosé and he makes, um, Grenache as well. And, um, and Pinot and he makes really and fantastic Sauvignon Blanc. He just, he makes a variety of wines and he, from day one, his very first vintage, when he brought it to me to taste, I was really blown away. He, he just does an amazing job. He's, he's like a wine savant. He just really... He's got it figured out. And he's a great personality, too, and really, really fun to talk to. Um, we also have a friend of mine named Jim Knight. He actually owns the wine house in West L.A. on Cotner. Mm. Yeah. And, and he makes his own wines. And, and he makes a wine under the label called Jelly Roll. He's a dead fan. <laughs> Grateful dead How could you tell? <laughs> um, he makes, and he's a Syrah freak. He loves a fantastic Rhone Syrah. Mm. Big cut roti guy. Yeah, nice. So he makes a, a super savory, delicious Syrah and some other wines as well. Um, I could go on and on. We have so many wonderful people who... How much... Yeah, other time yeah you, you do and the list the full list we can find that probably on the on uh the hollywood bowls website i, I would imagine um, yes on the calendar, on the, there, calendar there yeah. and the different seconds. different nights that these these vintners are are doing their thing how how long what a great job caroline do you ever 
Do you ever hate tasting wine that you have to get up and taste wine and meet all these great winemakers? Is there Never. Ever a, <laughs> unless, unless Nothing you, to hate about that. <laughs> yeah, unless you had a long day tasting the day before, maybe. But other than that, it's probably pretty fun. Oh, hair of the dog. Never heard of anybody. <laughs> and then you can buy the, the wines that are featured in these tastings are available for purchase at the Plaza Marketplace and, um, and your other Hollywood Bowl food and wine locations, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, I was looking at the concert, the Winemaker Wednesday series and the concerts that are coming up here, um, you know, from the Paris Opera Ballet, uh, tribute to Frank Sinatra. You got Cheryl Crow coming, um, Kinky Boots. I mean, the, there's some great, great artists. Nathaniel Radcliffe. I'd love to see him there. Oh, yeah. um, the Maestro of the Movies, that's got to be great with John Williams uh, at 90. Those nights are, yeah, those that's nights are the last amazing. one. Yeah, so, so um, I was looking at this and I was thinking, I wonder which one, Car do, do you go to all of them, Caroline? This is just a curious about Caroline question. Yeah. Do you go to the, as many as you can or or are you there at each one of these tastings? Do, your, do the people that, that love to follow you and your establishments get to meet you there and see you there? Yes, I try to be at every single one. There are a couple that I have to miss, unfortunately, but for the most part, I am there with the winemakers, hanging out with them, talking with guests and spending time. And I'm generally at the bowl quite a bit during the season. I try to be at as many shows as humanly possible while also attending to my other restaurants. But um, the Hollywood Bowl is so beautiful and it is such an iconic location. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing like going through work and our service and then having a concert after and sometimes fireworks and it's just an incredible there's, incredible beautiful place there's nothing like if you want to experience summertime in la and and make it a memory you know there's nothing like like going to the hollywood bowl and seeing anybody and picnicking with your friends and you know having some great food from one of your establishments and a nice bottle of wine really i would i would recommend it in, the, in my top 10 list of things to do it really is something everybody should experience one time. Caroline Stein, thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, the L.A. Philharmonic announces the winemaker Wednesdays and Sunday market tastings at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, put together by James Beard Award winner Caroline Stein, uh, the Hollywood Bowl food and wine sommelier and wine director, um, she, she's hand selects all the wine and the beer that you'll taste. You're going to meet some great winemakers. You're going to listen to some great music. You'll have some great laughs and some time fun with your friends. So check it out Wednesdays and Sundays, two hours before the concert in the Plaza Marketplace at the Hollywood Bowl. And also check out Caroline Stein's other restaurants, AOC, um, downtown at the proper hotel. She's got two, two, uh, restaurants and bars there. Um, what else, Caroline? What else are you? What have you got out there that? Oh gosh! <laughs> I mean, I, I, the two AOCs for the moment: um, one at Brentwood and one on Third Street. And yes, definitely Cara Cara and Paldo Verde at the Downtown LA Proper Hotel. We'll be opening up another bar there, by, hopefully by the end of the year, um, called Dahlia, which is coming mm. at the Proper. Um, and uh, at the Proper, yes. Huh, where will that be? I mean, I know you got the rooftop, you got the ground floor. Somewhere it's, in between? Yeah, it's in this uh, really adorable adjacent space to Caldo Verde on the ground floor. Oh, great. great. Uh, beautiful. Well, so I'll be um, there. very excited about that, too. 
All right, Caroline, thank you so much for your time. Um, we're looking forward to this new program at the, at the Hollywood Bowl. Thank you so much thank for everything you, so you do. so much, Jeremiah. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. We'll be right back. shoulder i need you i need you to understand these are the earthquake drills that we ran under the freeway overpass the tears behind your dark sunglasses the fears inside your heart's deepest gashes walk beside me Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. This is a uh, star-studded, star-packed show this uh, hour, Doctor D. Mm-hmm. We've got our friend Ivor Davis joins us today. Welcome he's got back, some, yeah, yeah, man. He's always got so many interesting things going on and talking to so many interesting people, and and we're so lucky and honored that he'll come to the show here and share those uh, stories with us. I want to tell you about a series that Ivor 
Davis does every so often at, I don't know what the schedule is, and he can clarify that for us. Um, if it's up close and personal, and then he interviews a, a particular guest. Well, this last week, he uh, two weeks ago, he interviewed Steve Binder. Uh, Steve worked directly with some of the biggest names in show business, such as Elvis, Liza Minnelli, Chevy Chase, Patti LaBelle, Barry Manilow, many, many more. He directed the Tammy show and produced Elvis Presley's 68 comeback special. He also uh, produced Diana Ross live in Central Park in the Star Wars holiday special. And he's portrayed by Decree Montgomery. Am I saying that right, Ivor? Decree Montgomery? He's the breakout star of the Stranger Things? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He plays. Exactly. You've got, you've got the name right. Absolutely. And that new I, film, yeah. that Elvis film. I yes. have not seen it yet. I've just watched trailers and music videos and, and read about it, but it just looks amazing. I mean, Tom Hanks is in it by Baz Luhrmann, and he's one of my favorite directors. Um, you know, remember, remember he did redid Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Uh, but the Elvis film was released on June 24th. So let me tell you um, a little bit about our guest, our special guest today, Ivor Davis, uh, before I bring him on. And let and turn it over to him. He's a journalist and a best-selling author. He has covered pop culture and iconic figures throughout the sixty-plus years in journalism. As a writer for such massive and iconic papers such as the Express and the Times of London, his incredible body of work encompasses nearly every corner of pop culture. Writing and interviewing. Everyone, and I do mean everyone, I can't list them all here, but I'll, I'll list a few that you may have heard of. The Beatles, Charles Manson, Tom Cruise, Cary Grant, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burden, Muhammad Ali, Mariel Hemingway, and Robin Williams. And again, that's just barely scratching the surface of all the great, great, iconic uh people that in, in our world that uh, Ivor Davis has had the pleasure of interviewing and his own unique and very, very uh, stylistic way. Uh, he was the only British news daily newspaper correspondent to cover the Beatles first American tour from the beginning to the finish. He was given unparalleled access to John, Paul, George, and Ringo on the road and stayed in their hotel with them and during long nights of cards, uh, play, playing cards and Monopoly games, they talked about their bizarre new life. The Beatles and Me on Tour is a fascinating travel back in time where for, where for the first time, Ivor chronicles, frankly and humorously, 35 days of the world's most famous band on the road at a critical moment in the history of rock. So pick that up. You can pick up all Ivor Davis's books at IvorDavisBooks.com. Welcome, my friend. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jeremiah. Pleased to be on and pleased to be with Dr. D. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. D, I can speak for him, is uh, very pleased to be here with you. <laughs> hey, so can I mention this? And if I can't, Dr. D will cut it out. But, man, you just have so much fun, Ivor, everywhere you go. And I, and I understand you just went to a very famous uh, rock and roll singer's 82nd birthday party. Can we mention that? <laughs> yes, we can mention that. It was it, it was a guy, what the hell was the name of the drummer name? of the Beatles now? <laughs> Richard Starkey. You remember him? Richard Starkey is the guy's name. 
known, I, th- I think he's known by a different name, but anyway, he was a guy that started. Does it rhyme drama. with bingo? Bingo, right. <laughs> bingo, thank now, you. So this is Ivor Davis. I asked him last week, I said, hey, can I, can you come on and talk about your interview with um, Steve Biner? And he says, uh, no, I'm, I'm on my way to Ringo's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Just Ringo's birthday party. Okay, that's I guess that's an excuse. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely. Um, and, I mean, Ringo is unbelievable at 82. He, uh, I mean, I must admit, and anybody who's seen him lately will, will attest to this, he has a great hairdresser um, because he looks less than 82. He gets a little help from his friends <laughs> in, in, in the barbershop. Um, and he's, he's lean. He told me that he has a trainer that goes to his house every single day, which is, which is a, and I think he's a vegan. And of course, as most people know, he stopped drinking about 19, 20, 25 years ago because he was a heavy drinker. And, and, and now he looks in sensational shape and it is good fun. He's on the road again, you know, they're promoting Ringo's tour on the road. I think he's trying to compete with that other beetle. What's his name? Uh, who goes out on the road? I know. Oh, I think. Remember the guy? It's hard for you to remember because you've had no experience with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the stories you can tell and the stories that you do tell. Everybody, I, re- I recommend everybody picks up that book, uh, your book. Ivor, really good stories there. The Beatles and Me on tour is what I'm referring to. Well, uh, so the party was good. I'm sure you were you had to sign an NDA in blood and all that. So we won't ask you to tell us any any secrets in the in the back caverns of the Ringo's birthday party. <laughs> well, I can't really. I would, no, when I, you go in there, Ringo says, "Don't tell anyone." Don't tell you anybody know? you were here. <laughs> close to the chest. Well, no, I mean, the, what part of the fun was? I saw you know Henry Diltz, who's a great rock and roll photographer. Uh, who 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 traveled with the greatest in the business? Henry was there. Uh, there was there's a great there's a great guy called Chris Carter who does you probably know does a great show called Breakfast with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. He knows all about it. And there were so many other well known people that uh, you know, particularly with Ringo's All Star Band. So it, it it was great, and I enjoyed it. And you know, it was a hang loose thing. And Ringo look good. So what more can hey, I say? And you look good, Ivor. You're looking great, uh, my friend. Tell you. us about the Museum of Ventura County and your your series that you do up close and personal. Is well, what a, I like. Oh, go ahead. So I what say, I like to do is bring in uh, actually local people because Steve Binder lives in Oxnard, California. I did. I did a guy called Chris Hillman from the Birds. Remember Chris? Yeah, good friend Chris. Who, who does it? Chris. Yeah, Chris is terrific. You do know Chris, do you? Yeah, Chris has been on a few times, yeah. Oh, well, then, you know, you know what a great guy he is, what a great storyteller he is. And he's still performing live, you know, he's around around the country. So Chris is great. And there's another great local guy called Malcolm McDowell, remember? I love that interview. I love that interview, by the way. I I, I was uh, one of your online subscribers for that. Oh, you were. Great, great. You know, and and it's fun. I mean, what I try and do is get local people, when I say local people, in Ventura, Santa Barbara County. So if, if, if John Cleese is listening, I want, to come, I want you to come on, John. John, I see John walking well, in we've downtown. Got a, we've got actually a connection. His daughter's a good friend of mine, so I'll, oh. let me introduce you. <laughs> oh, please, please. I mean, I, I have interviewed him, and I want to tell you a funny story, but I won't tell it to you now, maybe another time when we get John Cleese to do my museum program. Um, I'll tell you about a funny story with John. But uh, so, so there is so, so much homegrown talent. 
you know, in Santa Barbara, yeah, there is. Shabby. Santa Barbara is not a shabby place. I want to know when you're going to get up close and personal with Dr. D. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I will do that with Dr. D. Um, can he put me in touch with Megan and Harry? Well, give it a shot. Yeah. You know, Megan I mean, and Harry, you know, because they're, they're, they're listening the right now. Yeah. So you, I, I creep around the 192 on the backside of Montecito. So, you know, I creep. might. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, can you keep that in mind? This is a trade off. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, let's talk about your, your last, if you don't mind, your last interview, because I'd love to send people to go see that. I'm going to give you out the, it's on YouTube. Let me actually see if I've got that up handy um, right now. And if I don't, I'll get it back. I had it up. I think I closed it. So do you have it handy, the the handle, YouTube, well, where they well, find it? I don't have it handled. I, I have it. it I'll give it out. I'll find it before we. But, okay. but all I want to say is anybody can get it by going on to YouTube and punching in. Uh, Ivor Davis interview with Steve Binder and and then it'll come up. So, you know, that's one of the great things, I guess, about YouTube who shall inherit the earth, but that's another story. <laughs> um, uh, because, it, I mean, I, I, I don't want to knock YouTube, but I mean, I'm writing a book about my adventures in Hollywood and it's great when I want to say, what did Brando sound like after I spoke to him on a certain occasion? And I go on and I find something like that. And then there's another woman that I, I was amazed about. I'm sorry, I'm going off 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 program. I'm doing it's a, your program, a, Ivor. A, a, a chapter on and Judith Exner Campbell. Now, Judith Exner Campbell, you probably don't know who the heck she is. She was a beautiful lady who was sleeping with at the same time Sam Giancana, the mob boss from Chicago, and a guy called John F. Kennedy. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, I think vaguely I've heard familiar. Yeah. Yes. Vaguely, vaguely familiar. familiar. It's all, it's so, all ringing so, a bell. So the thing is, I go on and I find a press conference, and I'm asking her questions in this press conference. I had no memory of that. So the bottom line is, YouTube can be very useful and a lot anyway. of fun, right? To, to, yeah, you, you can. Yeah, you definitely can pretty much find anything that you're looking for there. Amazing, amazing, uh, absolutely. Steve Bender, yeah. You you yeah. talk you guys talked a lot about um, Elvis and because I, I was fascinated by this uh, Elvis has always been a little bit of a my my parents weren't big fans so I didn't really hear a lot of uh, Elvis music in our house and so but I knew of him and I knew of his fame and his uh, you know just this presence he had and how many people do love him and so I really loved this interview I uh, can't wait to see the movie and. How did Steve play a part in Elvis's life? Well, very, very simply, Steve was a young up and coming director who directed, as you said, Diana Ross in the rain in Central Park. And so he had a bit of a reputation and the studio came to him, uh, NBC, and said, would you direct Elvis? He didn't know much about Elvis. Elvis was scared to go live. Elvis's career was in the dumpster. Yep. And, and in fact, in fact, one of the great lines that Steve says in the interview is that when Elvis came up to him before the, the cameras began to roll and they got going, he said, tell me the truth, Mr. Binder. He never called anybody Steve or by their first name or they called him. Elvis called people, even me, who was two years younger, sir. Um, he said, tell me what you think of my career as it stands today. And Steve Binder said, it's in the toilet. He was honest with him. There was a moment of silence, and then Elvis smiled and said, nobody ever tells me that. And from then on, they got on hugely well. 
And and they and it was supposed to be a Christmas show. Um, it was, came out in December. Colonel Tom Parker, we, we we can talk about him until the cows come home. Colonel Tom Parker wanted a Christmas show. Steve Binder never put a single Christmas song in the show. And Steve talks about it. He's funny. He's witty. His memory, a photographic memory the guy has, as you saw when you saw the yeah. show, uh, Jeremiah, it, just unbelievable with jam-packed with juicy stories about Elvis and so many others. Uh, yeah, it's a really great interview. You've got to check it out. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you out the the, the address on YouTube. But you're right. Just type in YouTube, uh, Ivor Davis interview with Steve uh, Bender. Really, really interesting um, conversation you guys had. I thought it was interesting how uh, that first, number one, Elvis did not like television. As, as much TV as he was on, he did not like television. And that he thought he was washed up at this time that Steve comes into his life. He thought he was washed up at 30 and didn't believe that the kids, quote unquote, would get him. That there were these new, the Beatles and, uh, you know, British Invasion, all the new artists that were music artists that were out there in the new, the new uh, wave, I guess, of music. He, Elvis thought he was washed <laughs> up at 30. We are talking with the great Ivor Davis. He's got a, uh, a series up close and personal where he interviews various iconic figures uh, that are locals that are live around our area, which uh, for you that are not in the Santa Barbara area, that's what I'm, we're referring to, Santa Barbara, Ventura, Oxnard, Southern California. So there are so, so many great iconic figures, celebrities, musicians, writers, directors, actors that live in this area. Ivor Davis knows most of them and he interviews them up close and personal at the Museum of Ventura County. So check that website out and 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 stay stay up to date with what Ivor's doing. Ivor uh, also is a best-selling author with a, a lot of books out there that uh, I'd love you to check out at IvorDavisBooks.com. We'll be right back. Tennessee. Give him a warm hayride welcome. Mr. Elvis Presley. 
Buttercup! In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis Presley. I can't move, I can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail. So well's moving. They might put me in jail for walking across the street, but you're a famous white boy. The way you sing is God-given, so there can't be nothing wrong with it. Martin Luther King has been shot to death in Memphis. That's all right for you. Tragedy, but it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. told me when things are too dangerous to say, sing. I'm on before the show, and nobody's gonna remember me. I need to get back to who I really am. And who are you, Oz? making the most of this thing while I can. This could all be over in a flash. We are the same, you and I. We are two odd, lonely children reaching for eternity. The greatest show on earth. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnametom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show. Every minute, every hour, you'll be shaking by the change of mind. 
Welcome back to the Ivor Davis Show. He's up close and personal. <laughs> He's up close and personal with Dr. D. Take it away, Ivor. Okay, well, thank you for coming on the show, Jeremiah. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> and, no, I was asking Dr. D whether he was a fan of Elvis because not everybody was. How about you? I was. Uh, I, I was and am. And what was interesting was, for me, it was beginning to understand, and, and even at, my, at the age of 62, as I am now, um, my heart goes out to the man because some of the things that I'm learning about some of my favorite artists, okay, uh, th- that I actually did listen to as a kid growing up and, and in my teens and 20s, um, I found that what the songs that they sang, and of course I'm not that familiar with the details of Elvis in terms of his songwriting ability, but when he sang, you could feel it coming from his soul, from his heart. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of um, uh, some of the love songs that he did, he did, especially. And the fun he would have with some of the more up, like Blue Suede Shoes. You know, I mean, that was that's a fun song, you know. And they try to, these, these, these singers, they try to perform in such a way uh, that... Uh, they want to share who they really are there on stage or on the recording, but their life in the back, you know, their, their, their personal life and so forth, as hard as they try, just doesn't seem to match up. And that's the frustration that I, that my heart goes out to him and, and others who say, oh, beautiful music. I, I love his voice. Uh, it took me a while to get used to the vibrato that he always had. but. It just, it was like, wow, this guy was so talented, but just could not get his personal life, you know, in in a fashion that, you know, he didn't have to die in his 40s. Yeah, that happens to so many great talents for whatever reason. They burn out so early. I mean, you can talk about Marilyn Monroe, we can, Jim Morrison at the doors, and I'm sure Jeremiah could come up with half a dozen other names who burnt out at such a young young age. I must must uh, point one thing out, Dr. D. The interesting thing was that Elvis didn't write his song. Mm-hmm. The Beatles wrote all their songs. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I bring that up because Elvis made 30-odd movies in like 10, about three movies a year. Yeah. And one of the, and one of the big things was that the, he had his, his little c- coterie of songwriters and it was part of the money thing that Colonel Parker did. Colonel Parker controlled who wrote the songs, the song uh, royalties. And so they wrote songs for Elvis and, 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 and took over and made a lot of money from the, the song royalties. Yeah. So Elvis, I, I mean, I watched Viva Las Vegas the other day, and actually he's quite good with Anne Margaret, although she nearly steals the show from him. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. So El- Elvis was making, to be honest with you, cookie-cutter movies with new songs. And um, was fed up, absolutely fed up to the teeth. Mm. And, and like I said, it's sad because uh, I'd like to think, especially when you say that when he would talk to someone, he always referred to them, especially the gentleman, a uh, sir. Yes. That shows the kind of upbringing that he had. That Southern. So, that Southern. Yeah. You yeah. don't uh, disrespect people. Ivor, I thought one of the really the compelling storylines or the mentions with you and Steve that that Steve mentioned was that Elvis Presley in that 68 comeback special 
that Petula, I think it was Petula Clark, if I've got it right, she touches Elvis's arm on national TV, and this was well, they well, broke. Well, well, broke. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jeremiah. Slight change of direction. Petula Clark touched the arm of Harry Belafonte. Oh, I thought it was Elvis. And that was the scandal because white women didn't touch black men. Yeah, I mean, and, and and that was uh, you know Elvis was kind of dusky skin, but not that dark. Um, and we know he was a white boy. I think we know he was a white boy. <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean I'm, I don't mean to sound funny. Well, um, so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the the confusion, of course, we take a look at Michael Jackson, and I know he started out as a a small black child, but I'm not sure what his hue was. And I'm not trying to be funny here. It's just you 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 just don't know sometimes. Seriously, we I mean, I look at Kamala Harris, for example. They say she's mixed race, and I'm going, yes, okay, I I must be stupid because I'm not seeing it. Well, I, I mean, that's a whole different. That's not the topic. I I thought it was interesting that the that the color line. Yeah. was broken on television for the first time in yeah. this Elvis Presley 68 comeback special. I just, I found that so fascinating that, I mean, that's not, the, not that long ago that this is the first time on television that that color line was broke on Elvis's show. Yeah. Well, well the other, the other thing about Elvis's show was that Elvis was so insecure, but yet, uh, yet Steve Binder let him go had him in front of a live audience, put him into that incredible black leather suit. And Elvis, if you look at it, look at the show. He looks, he looks like an Adonis. Uh, He looks like just unbelievable. Uh, Back to this sexy image that everybody knew. And then of course, a few years later, he was a flabby Elvis, sadly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Hey, we got to take one last break. Uh, Mr. Davis, <laughs> uh, sir, uh, on Mr. Davis's show here. Uh, it is the Ivor Davis show up close and personal. He's taken it out of the Museum of Ventura County and he's got it on radio for this one special program. He's talking about Elvis. He's talking about Steve Bender and his great, great interview up close and personal with Steve Bender. By Ivor Davis. Check out Ivor Davis. I think you can find everything about Ivor Davis uh, that you that you'd like to find and dig a little bit deeper on IvorDavisBooks.com. You're definitely going to want to check out all of his best-selling books there on the website, and you'll find out how you can find more about our host Ivor Davis. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hounds all come find a treat. I'm a bad bitch, but dog player. Prove you wrong, so I reckon you leave all of your problems at the door of my city. You gon' need to tell my brothers where you from, and I admit it, I still got empathy, and you gon' feel it for two weeks when I release you in them streets to keep my meaning in discreet. Keep the cleaning, my jeep, and put that yeezy in your teeth. Let my teeth off their leashes if you even think to speak. I'ma give a whole new meaning when you said you live in a dream. We could keep it sleeping, you gon' let it all your 
P-T-T-R-I-P Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi everybody, this is Anne Hitch. Hey everybody, I'm Art Alex Hucks from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, home. need help with your restaurant or hospitality business? See how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Stump Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. to the Ivor Davis Show again here broadcasting from Santa Barbara, Ventura. Uh, Ivor, good to have you back. Welcome back. I have one question for you um, that, that, that I thought about is, you know, what did you learn through this interview with uh, uh, Steve Bender and your Up Close and Personal series uh, a few weeks back? What did you learn from Steve about Elvis that you didn't know before? Well, I didn't know that Elvis was so totally insecure. Elvis was scared, scared, and I won't use the term to emphasize scared, about being live. Don't forget, Elvis had been in the military for two years. He never performed. He never, he never did live shows because he was spending years making movies. And so by the time a live show was going to be done in front of real people, real audiences, Elvis had to, went into the funk. And fortunately, Steve was able to build his confidence up again and said, Elvis, if you don't want to do it, do this, don't do it. And this gave Elvis the confidence. It's hard to imagine knowing Elvis that here was a guy racked with insecurity. 
And yet, he was the biggest, he was the king, wasn't he, at yeah, one time? That's inter- that is interesting, because whenever I see clips or footage, I always see Elvis and then all the screaming women in the audience. Is that Are you saying that was staged for movie mainly, or, or do you think those were live? I guess you don't know what I saw, but... Well, uh, I mean, when he did the show... It the seemed show, like he was a live tell- performer more than anything. Yes, he, he was a live performer. In his early days, that movie shows he was a live performer, and he was. And, and, and he was back live again in front of an audience, a real screaming, living audience. And that was what was the, was the, was the formula that brought him back to the land of the living. Did you ever eat, uh, eat? Did you ever meet? Did you ever eat one of his Danishes? That's what I should ask. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, I love those Danishes. Those I love that Danishes story. Terrific. I love the story to uh, right, Steve. Somebody recommended when you're going to go. He was going to meet Elvis for the first time, and they said, "Bring, bring some Danishes." Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, did you ever meet Elvis, Ivor? Yes, I did. I met Elvis twice. I, w- I first met him with the Beatles in uh, in um, August of 1965. And he was very uncomfortable with them, very uncomfortable with them. And then I met him again on the film set of uh, a movie he made with Donna. I've forgotten her name now. The movie with Frankie and Johnny. And that was when he called me sir all the time and was very not a great interview. He, he was reluctant. And um, somebody interrupted, and I, I don't want to run out of time, but during the interview, a guy came in and said, they need you on the set, Elvis. Elvis said, oh, I've got to go. I said, can I see you perform on, 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 the, on the screen, on the, in front of the cameras? And the guy said, no, no, Elvis is a bit shy about that, strangers, it's a closed set. So I left the studio, and as I drove out, Elvis, there were five, six, seven guys playing football, screaming at each other. And who was trying the football? <laughs> Elvis. And they were just oh, trying to get a, rid of me. That's a good story. <laughs> well, sorry they got rid of you, but that's a good story either way. <laughs> Ivor, okay, we got to say goodbye, but before we do, what do you got coming up next? You're always so you're always doing something so fascinating, my friend. Well, I hope to do uh, another up close and personal with a fantastic photographer from Ohio who actually photographs democracy. Now, if I was to say to you, what do you what do you mean by photographing democracy? Tune in for that. I'm not sure what the date is. Sometime before the election. He's next. And uh, I hope to do some other exciting people. Uh, maybe I can get you two guys on and we can talk about anything you like. Sure. Good you're food. being How kind. about good food? Uh, we, won't, we won't hold our breath waiting for the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so kind of you to say. <laughs> um, well, we'll have fun talking anytime, Ivor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Always so, fun to be on with you. Thank you. Always, see you yeah, yeah. So um, send Ivor Davis books dot com and you've got a new one in the works it sounds like so can't wait to see that we'll we'll have you back when you get it finished terrific the great ivor davis everybody thank you so much have a great day communicate but listen more and evolve have a great week everyone the snowman's coming Yes, he's coming He'll take you by the hand He'll say one, two, three And you will be In cotton candy land The snowman's coming Yes, he's coming He'll take you by the hand And you're right
And you are listening to the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'ma put my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore That cold black cloud is coming down This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 